0: Hi, welcome to the Theory Game Podcast, the official podcast at Theadegame.com. I'm your host Juni and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast, A future podcast should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in AMD and NVIDIA. Thank you. Man, I could already tell that I'm gonna like this sorta of new uh new slash old structure of the podcast. Cause it just feels more natural just kinda of talking about what's like happening like in the week and like just like current event type of stuff. Uh, Today we're gonna talk a little bit into like Tesla and how you can view that um, and maybe use some of the ways that I look at Tesla price movement and how you can like justify getting into stocks that might have like dipped really hard after uh, a rally such as Tesla or such as Nvidia and feel comfortable about it. But before all of that, uh, because I was uh, not paying attention last week On last week's episode, Uh, we're gonna just start off with earnings this time. So for Monday before open, you have Tyson. After close, you have Lucid and Casper. Before open on Tuesday, there's Walmart, Home Depot. Uh, After close on Tuesday, really not nothing much. I mean, there's Dolby and Lazy Boy, but honestly, if even if you were an earnings player, you wouldn't be playing those. Uh, you'd probably be playing something you're more familiar with. I don't know how gambly people are these days. <laughs> Before open on Wednesday, there is Target and Lowe's. After close on Wednesday, you have NVIDIA and Cisco. Before open on Thursday, there's Alibaba, which I think a lot of people will be looking at. There's also Macy's and JD.com, as well as Kohl's and Petco. Um, after close on Thursday, you have Applied Materials. Into it, Palo Alto, Workday, and Ross, and then before open on Friday, you have Foot Locker. Obviously, the biggest uh, company that I'm looking at this uh, week will be Nvidia. I have uh, a good amount of Nvidia shares. I have 300, but they're covered, and the cover calls are uh, pretty red. But that also just means that uh, Nvidia can drop, you know, an X amount, and I'll still be okay. And that X amount is pretty large, so I feel pretty good just holding on to my position here. I don't feel bad if NVIDIA were to go up. It just means that if, for whatever reason, NVIDIA does skyrocket higher, it just means that my you know base level, wherever I feel comfortable of trading NVIDIA, will just have to increase because I like NVIDIA fundamentally as a company, so I don't really care at what price it trades because nothing fundamental has changed. There was like a downgrade from some, uh, not brokerage, but some fund uh, just saying that the NVIDIA has rallied too much. And that's the reason for the downgrade. I I just don't see why you would even put that sort of opinion out there. You can say that for any stock and, um, you know, just downgrade everything. So my opinion still stands of NVIDIA. I still really like it. Um, You should do your own due diligence, though, because I think a lot of people are quickly finding out that like, if you're joining into these like future metaverse type of stocks and you have no idea what you're doing, but you're just like putting your money in it cause you think it's the future. And that's like the limit at which you know, these stocks, you're going to get your feelings hurt a lot. So, you know, make sure that you understand just how long of an investment like this will have to play out for it to be worth it because uh, right now of just like how overextended it is. And that is an opinion of itself. Um, There is risk for pullback, just like that downgrade might have mentioned. Um, But who knows? Maybe it keeps going up or it keeps going flat. My entire point is don't put all your eggs in one basket because, you know, one person thinks that it's awesome or, you know, some other people, some analysts or whatever think it's awesome. You need to make sure that you think it's awesome because there's a chance that there's just like... Who knows? Maybe Jerome Powell comes out of nowhere and says, wow, this is a, a, a nationwide emergency and we need to raise rates. And then the entire market will crash overnight. And by crash, I mean probably go down like 10% or something. It's not going to be it, it, like morbidly crazy, but you know you have to watch out for those types of movements. I think... Um, a lot of people forget that, you know, I've, I've gotten assigned $80,000 worth of stock before, uh, during like the largest, one of the largest crashes in the, in the like, one of the largest crashes in, in mankind. (laughs) And, but I mean, let's understand the stock market also hasn't been around for that long compared to mankind. Um, but just being a part of that and being assigned 80 K worth of stock, which was like my entire portfolio and having to like stick with the plan and doing all that I learned a lot from that moment and at that time I was getting premiums that you know even I felt were not worth it but it was just what I was so used to doing and so I was just putting on those uh, cash secure puts anyway but you know a lot of people are starting to learn new strategies like fading gang style strategies or just like option selling strategies in general and uh, they're getting caught in these rogue waves down remember that like semi Um, tech sell-off like last week where like NVIDIA was down 6% or AMD was down like 4% uh, Tesla was down like 10, 12%, 13% people open up cash secure puts when stocks are at their all-time high when the premium for those are all-time low and you're really, really asking for it but you don't know any better because you just started learning And so this is just an open reminder to everyone that like, it doesn't matter how good the company is, if you don't really love the price at which you're promising to fulfill that obligation to, and I'm talking about that short put that you commit to when you sell the cash secured put, if you commit to buying Nvidia, say you sell the 280 put uh, as the cash secured put, and Nvidia drops down to 250, you... You should ride that out. You should get assigned at two eighty, uh, and then just eat the $3,000 loss and just kind of like sit there and then just decide what to do from there on out. Maybe you start selling covered calls. Maybe you buy more shares to lower your break even and sell like closer to the money covered calls or covered calls might make sense. And, you know, to some of you listening right now, this just all makes no sense at all. And to the, to that, I just say like listen to the earlier podcast where, you know, it's a little bit more beginner friendly oriented um but this is just the sort of stuff that newer people that you know are tired of losing on buying options and then they try out selling options for the first time on some stock that is like at all time high and then the stock dips and then they've never experienced assignment before and so assignment is super scary. And they decide, hey, you know what? I'm just gonna close this cash secure put out for a loss and eat this loss. It was just a bad timing. But it's like, you agreed to that time. You you told yourself like, hey, I don't mind being assigned here. I'm ready to take on the hundred shares. You know, this is a great company, innovative, great future, etc. So really, whenever you see any of these companies, I know Walmart is doing pretty well. I think Target has like leveled off a little bit. Home Depot is doing really well too. NVIDIA. When you're trading these stocks and you're doing maybe earnings plays and whatnot, just because it's a great company doesn't mean that it's going to go up. I know that's like pretty hard to take in because you like the tweets that say the stocks always go up and... You know, you always hear me saying like, "Oh, you know, I'm optimistically bullish. I really hope that everything's gonna be okay, and you know, I hope um, we all, you know, we all make it in the end, right?" But you have to understand that the stock market doesn't only go up. It's a meme, and I know everyone on this podcast has felt it at some point, where the market corrects a little bit, you're on the wrong side of the trade, and you question whether or not you should stay in or out. If you find that you're asking yourself. Oh man, should I stay in this position or should I not stay in this position? Oh, I should just like ask a question on Reddit. Oh, or, like I should um, talk to my friend about this because he got me into this or she got me into this. Um, you know, they told me about this and uh, you know I agreed with them and I should ask them for their opinion. When you start asking yourself those types of questions, it's already too late. Like you're already in a position that you shouldn't have gone into in the first place because you need to have your own conviction with a lot of these stocks. Some of you might just say, like, well, Junie, I just, I'm just not good at picking stocks. I don't know what to look for. I don't know what to do. I, I just don't like, I don't know where to even start. My number one advice for anyone that's like looking to pick your own stock is just like look around your room or look around your workplace. Find the things that you use and that you like to use and then start with those companies. There is a very fundamental reason why you chose that product that you're using right now. Are you using a MacBook? Or are you using, um, you know, Air- I'm looking at my all my Apple products right now. Are you, do you have like a uh, Vengeance sticks, like Corsair sticks in your computer? Or, you know, it doesn't have to be just the product itself. It could be the price point. Like, did you pick this product because it was cheap, like cheaper? Where did you buy this product? Did you buy it at Target? Do you like Target better than Walmart? Do you like uh, Amazon better than those two because of Amazon Prime? Do you do a lot of home improvement shopping which one do you like better home depot or lowes which one has a better dividend are you a dividend investor or do you like just buying stocks and you like to sell premium which one has a higher volatility there are so many ways to pick stocks that you can like and as long as you are like as long as you are you have a base level of risk assessment you will be fine because which direction does the market usually go it goes up So as long as you don't get too bearish at times and as long as you don't get too greedy at times, there's a good chance you're making out okay. Because remember, if you're down this year right now, if your profit loss year to date is red, there is something super wrong with what you're doing. The market has really only gone up with some blips of downs and you have to really make sure that you understand that if you had just bought stock this year, you would have done better. Like if you just bought stock and never touched it, you would have done better. There's a good chance that your partner that doesn't know anything about the stock market that had just bought stocks just for fun earlier this year is doing better than you. Let that soak in because that is some of the hardest things to swallow. And what I don't like about that is that you know we spend so much time on Reddit, on all these news sites, um maybe we spend time on FinTwit, maybe we spend time on Thadegain dot <laughs> Shameless plug. And yet you lose to your partner, right, that doesn't do any of that. They just kinda just buy stock and leave it alone. That triggers me beyond belief. And so that's why I started really taking this seriously and you guys all you guys and girls all know the origin story of the one famous Reddit comment that got me triggered enough to do all of this, this podcast, the website, and whatnot. Imagine an Ally savings account with an interest rate lower than one percent doing better than you. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. That was that was a lot. Sorry for if that you know that sounded uh, too crazy, but I feel like I'm really back in my element right now. I feel I feel good. The this new show structure is really making me feel like I have the freedom to really just kind of talk about. What I want to talk about and just like quickly going over uh, this week walmart reports before target so if you're playing earnings make sure you're playing earnings on walmart first or at least you don't commit to tart buying Uh, the Target options until uh, midday Tuesday because Walmart opens before Tuesday opens. Therefore, Walmart, if it does well, Target will do well. If Walmart does bad, Target will do bad, at least in the short term before Target reports because companies within the same industry affect each other. If Walmart says uh, just like in a like a really broad statement hey foot traffic sales are down because you know we're noticing that customers just don't like coming into stores well there's a good chance that that affects target too and target will say something similar so people will sell off target before target reports so if you're playing earnings make sure that if you're just playing earnings strictly for earnings and strictly for fun that you're playing on the industry that reports first that is my best tip that i could give for anyone that wants to play earnings my second best tip, if you're not trying to have fun, is that you shouldn't be playing earnings at all. Earnings should exclusively be just for fun. There's no reason to have earnings be part of your strategy because it can be so black and white. There's so many reasons why a stock can go down and have um, a stellar earnings report. You know, people taking profits, market manipulators, you just cannot guess where it's going to go so if you enjoy just betting and knowing that like hey this is fun if it works out it's great do it if you're trying to really turn your year around especially if you're red already here here's a good idea why don't you only play earnings when you have a green profit loss like have that just be a first rule if you're currently red you should probably fix your trading habits before you start playing earnings again because earnings is not the answer to flip you back to green it works sometimes and when i mean sometimes i should probably say rarely because there is survivor bias there's a lot of it on wall street bets you might see the person that was like oh you know i've had a bad year you know i was down 60k and now i made this awesome 70k earnings play and now i'm up 10 grand for the year and then i'm done right that person made it that person who traded that, uh, earned a green year of a plus 10, $10,000 made it. They could have easily took that 60 K loss, played earnings and ended up with an 80 K loss. Those people do not end up posting. Okay. Let, like, let that really soak in that. Those people that are down 60 K trying to make one last hurrah to break even just like that person that made 70 K to end with a 10 K green those people that lose from 60k to 80 90 100k down those people don't post don't be that person you've been warned but also you know make sure you're also doing what you love to do if you love to do this stuff if you want to have fun i'm not gonna stop you but if you ever i mean ever feel like your life has just halted if you feel like you're you just can't think you can't you don't have, you don't know what to do. I invite you to go to twitch.tv slash real Gang, 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Wait, is it 7 or 7? well wow, I haven't streamed in two weeks. Uh, 7.30 Pacific time. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, you will have like a really cool support group. Everyone is like really positive in the Twitch chat. Um, and I might have like glossed over it. I'm talking about like, oh, I mean, everyone's invited. But this 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 shout out is for the people that feel like they've lost a lot of money in the stock market and they just like don't know what to do anymore. I like everyone's kind of felt that at some point before um, where you just get got super hard and getting got super hard is also relative. So you can um, imagine losing thousands of dollars uh, versus ten thousands of dollars versus hundreds of thousands of dollars just depending on how big your bankroll is. It's not a good feeling, but it does happen to everybody. And the Twitch stream is just a safe place for you to come, check out, and hang out with all of us if you ever feel that way. Um, uh, but besides that, if you're feeling great and you want to hang out with us, yeah, twitch.tv slash Gang 730 pacific time. And uh, real quickly, because I feel like I don't do this pr- quite often on my podcast, is yeah, I want to talk about my trades uh, kind of for this year. And maybe I'll have like one more reflection, like true reflection uh, episode uh, maybe like near Christmas time uh, just talking about uh, my life but also you know my trades in, a, in like a holistic viewpoint um, and then what my plans might be for like the next year so expect that podcast like sometime in December um, but just kind of going over like in a more like shorter um, description uh, I've been trading this year majority of just Shopify um, a little bit of Boeing earlier on this year, um, AMD, Apple, and uh, Nvidia. Um, you know, a lot of my emphasis uh, back in 2019, because honestly, it has not been that long. And it was like at the tail end of uh, 2019 when I started inputting my trades uh, on ThetaGain.com when the website was just me. <laughs> it was just like a. It was just a web page just with my trades <laughs> uh crazy to see how that how far it's gone um honestly, but when I first started trading um this style of trading, I was very like risk adverse because I was just so into learning how t- how all this option stuff worked right like I understood how to buy options, and I think that's like one of the easier things you can do. Uh, when it comes to the stock market, buying options is easy. Uh, making money with buying options is kind of hard, uh, in my opinion. If you're really good at it, uh, good for you, but I'm not. So um, I look towards other uh, strategies that are more on the sell side. And uh, when I first started, you know, assignment was so scary to me. Uh, and I was just like, wow, I have to commit to buying a hundred. How much money am I buying? I'm spending for this stock? You know, I was so used to buying when I bought stocks, like three or four shares at a time. Right. But now when you start selling options, you're obligated to buy hundreds, like batches of hundreds of stocks, or maybe if you just sell one, like 100 shares of stock. And that was a lot to me. Um, and so I was very risk adverse. I came up with all these very, very hard and strict rules of how i should be trading so i don't get got because i wanted to really give this a try and um i i did that i came up with you know like the 50 percent trigger worked for me um you know the 21 day expiration was the sweet spot where i didn't feel bored uh, where i would tilt and like close something early because i was bored 21 days was great uh, pick the stock that I don't mind getting assigned on because when I hold the stock you know the one of the things that I really looked for is like making sure that I I know the what the company is I know how they make money and I know I know that I use the product and all that good stuff um, and uh, yeah just like making sure that I was good with assignment and making sure that I understood when this is in the money I will get assigned and I have to be truly okay with that and that was something that I always push for is account for max loss and still something that I, uh, preach till today. Fast forward, um, to today, right? I am doing, uh, more riskier trades. I'm taking on more and more premium, uh, but still using a lot of those rules, but those rules have more of a gray area to me now. And I think that is shown from like my most recent trades, like my AMD trade where uh, I sold five cash secured puts when AMD had a monster 10% day, uh, and I opened them anyway uh, because I have that episode of trading at the top. Uh, I could have bought sh- I could have bought shares and sold covered calls, or you know if I'm feeling on the risky side, maybe cash secured puts and whatnot. A lot of which is just more visibility in how I can min max uh, my risk uh, and still be okay in the event that I get assigned. And so, you know, just to sum it up, my AMD thought process for my latest cash secure puts that I wrote, which was five of them, and the ending result of the trade was a gain of like $1,600, was a lot of finding out where my break even was. I had uh, AMD stock that had covered calls that were in the red, so they would get called away. And so I took that calculation of, you know, at what price are they going to be called away and what's the closest cash secured put that I could write that in the event that uh, the stock does pull back that I get full premium on my covered call and uh, get, uh, you know, either 50% or full premium on my cash secured put. and so. I'm not going to go into the math of all that because a lot of that's kind of like napkin math. Where you start being able to see these things as you continue trading um, you know, and sell. and Well, I guess just sell. when you start selling options, you start really factoring in the break-evens and stuff, trying to see where your um, potential cost base is going to be after the trade, either assignment or ricking in the premium. Um, but I'm able to see these plays because I survived long enough to get here. I was risk-adverse when I first started i made sure that i stuck with all the rules enough for me to prove that this can work and then i slowly started scaling up the amount of risks i'm taking when i first started my max loss was like 100 or 200 i got comfortable i started making my put credit spread max losses to like 500 dollars, and then i started doing put or not put credit a cash secure puts um on the like some of the smallest companies that i could think of like amd and twitter because uh, amd at the time was like uh, like 40 bucks or 60 bucks somewhere around there i don't remember it's been quite a while um but i would start doing cash secure puts on the smaller companies and then i would start doing cash secure puts on like visa which was like 20k and then I, you know as i was doing all this i was upping my auto deposits i was getting my financials and my um i was just getting my finances in check i was just making sure that like hey one day i'm gonna buy a really nice house and i'm gonna raise a family in it and i'm gonna be really happy that's still my goal today but, you know, making sure that I can get there at a reasonable pace is still a goal of mine as well. But um, you can see how this this all just didn't happen. I think that's why I want to get across right now is that I didn't just come into the market with a, like uh, right now. I mean, I have 200K in my portfolio now and I feel beyond lucky. I feel grateful. I feel blessed. I feel very, very happy not at the not necessarily at the number but i, I feel happy for myself that i have gotten here because i remember the first time i saw a five digit number in my bank account and i was like tearing up i was like wow i'm i'm doing it i'm making it i was like i was like alone i was um you know because i was i was living down in socal away from my parents and uh i just never really had that that much money and so when i first got hit that five digit number it was like a huge deal and then you know um in 2020 i've hit my first 100k mark i um i remember texting my girlfriend at the time um like hey i've hit 100k in my big account um and with a you know it got six digits like the like the yg song and it was just like it was such a huge such a huge deal money isn't everything she knows me because you know i'm not like a money oriented person um I'm just like really goal oriented. So, and that was like a huge goal in mine, just to have six figures. And, the, and now that there's a two in front of uh, the six figures, it's like just one more step to get to like that next threshold, which is the two commas, which would be cool at one point. I'm in no rush to get there. I have the rest of my life to do it. And um, nothing, was, nothing will change when I get there, right? Um, but I am not just a person that came into the market with 200k that just started selling options and said, Hey, hey guys, hey girls, like, look, this is easy, anyone could do it. I started the podcast maybe three months after I started like coding the website when I was it was just still me. Um, and I just started talking into a gaming headset and I uploaded the podcast to Spotify, um, because I didn't even upload it to Apple for at first, it was just Spotify, um, and it it was it's been a blast I've learned so much from the 3k balance that I started with uh, and now I'm at 200k um, and you know I made 50 something k last year this year if I don't trade anymore right now I think my profit loss is at 48 k um, and so uh it's just I'm continuing to prove that this strategy still works and I'm very grateful for it. And that when you listen to these podcasts, it's not just from some hedge fund person that hired some marketing person to host a podcast and talk about how you should trade. This is just a regular kid. I still feel like a kid when I'm trading, especially. Um, this is just a regular kid uh, that's 28 years old, um, you know, d- doing what he talks about and you have a front row seat into seeing like how i think or hearing about how i think uh and hopefully some of it you can apply next year if your year this year wasn't um, as good as you were hoping it to be um but really take it for what it is like i made a good chunk last year that i'm happy with i made a good chunk this year so far um if you think you need that extra you know, um, help, I really suggest you s- uh, start submitting your trades on Thetagang.com. There's a lot of good benefits that come out of making an account and logging your trades there, and especially writing down your thought process as you enter the trades. Because when you go and close the trade for red, you're going to ask yourself okay why am i about to close this trade for red what what happened what went wrong what was i thinking about at the time and you get to kind of see like a past version of yourself that was really bullish on this stock and you were saying like oh it's going to be the next next big ev company oh i'm going to you know this is going to change the world i'm going to buy more if it dips and then next week you're in, in the same console about to close a trade for a loss and thinking like, you know, I made a big mistake. I got caught up in the hype. I'll try my best not to do it again. And that type of, you know, feedback loop is really important when you start trading because, you know, you'll chalk up a lot of mistakes to external factors. A lot of people uh, just in general don't like taking ownership of their mistakes. Um, I used to be that way, but now I just say, you know what, that's my bad. I'm sorry. And, you know, I'll try my best next time. A lot of people say like, oh, it was the market manipulators' fault. Oh, it's the profit get or profit takers. Oh, you know, uh, if this news article piece didn't come out. Oh, you know, they didn't release this news article in time. No, it's you. <laughs> it's me, right? It's it's we. Uh, it's something that we all need to look at and get better at, because uh, you you just never stop growing when you take uh, a new hobby into consideration, right? There, there's always. The next layer in any hobby that you get into and i still consider stocks and options a hobby because i find it fun as soon as i don't find it fun as soon as i find it too stressful or something that i'm not enjoying i'm i'm stopping this but i i can tell that this type of strategy where you know uh, i'm a blue white player in real life that's a Magic the gathering reference um it's just something that i'm going to enjoy especially if i could get paid for it at the same time like it's just amazing right like if i could sell someone uh this contract and promise them that hey you know what i'll be your insurance you know don't 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 have to close it for early or anything like just take your time and uh, just pay me just for taking this risk on it's cool like i like that um i just think it's a really cool way to make money in the market rather than you know have to Uh, buy low and sell high and do all that cool stuff you know like just kind of sit back relax you know listen to your profit trigger sometime in the morning or sleep in and forget a profit trigger went off and you know log it late like i did (laughs) um but yeah all fun stuff okay and real quickly i kind of want to just talk about tesla because i think there's a lot of things we can learn from tesla um just looking at it where it's at right now in the current market um tesla has had a monster move from the bottom which was at uh or on october 22nd it was a friday and it was trading at 909 dollars and then you know the next monday it pops up 10 percent to about like a thousand dollars a little bit over that and then over like the next uh week it goes up to almost um you know $1200 or it's a little bit above that too 1229 $1200 it went from $900 to $1200 and now it's corrected a bit some and now it's at uh $1000 so one of the things that you know i tweet on twitter occasionally is like if you liked stock at $1200 you'll love Stock, at a thousand dollars, and you should really ask yourself that on any stock that you're in. But I think Tesla is just a like a really really good example of this, because there's just so many buzzwords that Tesla has. And d- don't get me wrong, I'm not bearish on Tesla by any means. I'm not bearish really on any stock, um, but there's a lot of buzzwords that people like to use with tesla to help them justify getting into a very hot position and that in itself is even a hot topic because you should feel like you should be able to invest at any point in a stock chart because you're really just buying shares of a company because you believe in the company and you want a good return on the company if you are only buying one share, for example, for anything that you really like, it's not a big deal, right? It's it starts becoming a big deal when you start putting in more money than you can afford to lose in a position that could potentially go red. And that's to some people, Junie, that's the entire point. Like you should be able to try and maximize gains in the stock market, but w- we should start flipping the narrative to, Hey, how can I make sure that I'm in the market the longest, meaning that I don't quit. That has to be one of the main things that I would love to start emphasizing for next year is like, what can I start teaching? What can I start doing to make sure that you don't quit? Even if you take a red, um, stock, meaning like you, you buy a stock and it starts going down and you're in a red position. How can I make sure that you feel comfortable enough to make sure that you are in a company that you like, you bought stuck stock in a company that you like, and, uh, you'll write it for the long haul because the, where does the market go? It usually goes up that has to be one of the hardest things to do because a lot of people just end up just quitting the stock market before they get a chance to see the returns they say like later down the line like oh you know if i just held the stock i would have been fine but you know what it's just too late to go back in i'm already at a loss i don't want to go back in again so tesla trading at around twelve hundred dollars and now trading at a thousand dollars if you bought Tesla stock at twelve hundred dollars there's no reason why you shouldn't want Tesla stock at a thousand dollars nothing fundamental about the company has changed yes Elon Musk did some like tax harvesting and some profit taking or you know however you want to phrase it but nothing about the company has changed. 's only uh, um, there's only just uh, articles about his brother selling some of his stock or you know him selling some of his stock but Tesla as a business has not changed demand for Tesla is still the same there's nothing new that has come up over the like the last week it's just people causing the price to go lower because people are selling institutions might be selling some people are downgrading but if you truly believe in this company and you really liked it there's really no reason why you should not love it at a discount right this is a true discount in my eyes if you love tesla but let me also throw this in here in case people start saying like oh Juni, why are you so bullish on tesla uh i don't have any tesla stock i don't plan on having any tesla stock i've played tesla before tesla uh gives me major anxiety i do not trade tesla for that reason uh it's just a it's it's just very stress-inducing i don't like stress-inducing stocks so i just stick with what i know and what i like tesla has monster premium but like it is just it is just a heart attack on a stick so you know as you look towards like maybe other stocks that might have potential highs right now and they start dipping if you don't see the dips as discounts you're still not there yet as a um as a seasoned Investor, I think you know you're still in the trader mindset, and yes, investor and trader can sometimes be synonyms. But like, once you start seeing downtrends on a stock that doesn't have any really fundamental change about the business, as you see those as opportunities, that's when the narrative starts to flip in the stock market for you, uh, because as everyone else is panicking, you're having a good time. But you can also this also could bite you in the butt, and I'm just trying to be real with anything that I say on this. Podcast is you can trick yourself into just buying more stock, and you can end up tilting yourself because you know maybe you don't have like a community to talk to, maybe you just don't like posting on Reddit, maybe you don't like Twitter, maybe you don't like DataGain.com, so while you know tesla is going down maybe you know this is just from an outside perspective from mine what if you don't care about tesla but then you just keep telling yourself oh this company is innovative and this company has the best battery this company uh has the best marketing they haven't spent anything on advertising and you just start regurgitating all these headlines that you've read but you truly don't know any meat of substance like of any of the things that you're saying like, what do you know about the battery? Like, do you actually know how, the, how a lithium-ion battery works? Do you even know if that's the right type of battery? Like, I don't know. I just said lithium-ion. So, like, if you were like, yeah, I know what lithium-ion is, and I know they use lithium-ion, and they don't use lithium-ion, that's a huge problem. So you have to make sure that you are not tricking yourself. Um, and, you know, some of the things that you might do when a stock is down, and you are currently in stock is you start looking for bullish articles so that you can sleep better so that you can hold on to your stock position better of the two and a half almost three years that i've been trading strictly theta gang style stocks or style and you know doing the option selling i don't i've never looked at like uh i've never had a red position and started looking around on social networks saying like uh asking like oh you know uh, you know i've i'm in the red right now does is anyone else holding or you know that has all changed and the number one thing that's fixed that is just making sure that i understand the company that i'm buying and that i like it that i use it and more importantly that i love it like you need to truly enjoy owning the stock uh, on your own and that's when you'll have again the narrative shift so for all those trading tesla right now my heart is out to you i wish you luck and i hope you make it out okay and i hope you uh if you're not in the red because i know that sounded kind of sad uh (laughs) i hope you also make a lot of gains if you're already in the green or whatever uh just be careful um the p e ratio of tesla is at 335 which is not as crazy as being a four-digit number as it was before Uh, um but it's yeah it's cool it's very it's very cool just seeing you know how the market is playing out right now um it's super super hot like everything seems to be up it's very hard to pick a wrong strike if you're bullish on something um yeah it's just amazing where where everything's coming to it's going to be interesting to see what quarter one brings and like if you know the sentiment for the interest rates will stay the same going into quarter one of next year um because as soon as those articles start popping up about interest rate hikes being expected the next fomc meeting um and that's uh, i don't know what fomc stands for on top of my i you know what, i'm just gonna look it up i got time fomc okay. um it stands for uh Federal Open Market Committee. So that's the meeting that Jerome speaks at and then announces interest rates and stuff. Um you know, as soon as headlines start to mention like, oh, you know, there's a interest rate hike expected uh in the next FOMC uh announcement. Uh that's when you start to see the market start to cool off. But that doesn't mean that there's going to be a crash. You know, I mentioned earlier in this episode that it could be like a, you know, a 10% cut of where we currently are and it could feel really scary during the time but i don't know i don't know what else to say like it just never has had a super long-term bear trend uh happen after the fact uh but who knows maybe that that changes this time and that we enter a bear market for the next 10 years i I have no clue uh but i'll be ready i'll make sure that i understand where my max losses are i'll make sure i don't write out um uh, i don't write options i can't afford to write Um, I'll make sure that I invest in companies that I only love and everything will be fine. Um, I think that is all for today. And so, yeah, I'll just see everybody in the outro. Otherwise, have a fabulous week and I think that's it. Yeah. Bye-bye okay you can follow me on twitch at real theta gang you can follow me on twitter at real theta gang you can email me at junie at theta gang.com is proudly partnered with tastyworks and signing up with the theta gang referral code is a huge help that's theta gang one word all caps uh i want to give an extended shout out to uh this spreadsheet that i need to authenticate with <laughs> uh, pocket change king polo d mike d slow motion jay-zm pasture your bedtime s empty cans mods norco royal mitch 87 upstream puddle craig thomas was e. wilson beans j kim statistic Random, time is mr integrity joffrey deleted <gasps> joffrey 86 island bell wheaton dj mac 86 now vlad vtc Maltman8256, Chivonis, M. Hayden, Lilil, Mr. Sneedy, Men Grandpa 95, Fancy, Wolf, might Astro, XE, Nate the River, Bat Trader, Chicken Dinner, Ivan, Yurken, Knob, Decentral, Arfman, Light Screditor, Reservist the Digestory, Crispy King, Boy, Capote, Rusty, Shifty, AG, Theta Ray, U, Alex V, and Nsys88. Ooh, That was cool. That was cool. Uh, I've been spending uh, two weeks... I've spent the last two weeks at my parents' house and I'm excited to go back home. I'm more excited to just do jujitsu again. It's been two weeks since I've been doing, since I haven't done jujitsu and I feel like it's impacting my mental health low key. <laughs> uh, so it's going to be good to be back on the mats. Um, I started a, uh, shall I say, yeah, I'll just say it. I started a um, Instagram uh account for my jiu-jitsu stuff. So I think I'm gonna start posting like my matches there or like some some of my jiu-jitsu uh related like material on my tenth uh on my tenth planet account so it's gonna be Juni J O O N I E one zero and the letter P as in Penny. So Juni 10 P and that stands for tenth planet. Um and i'll start posting my uh jujitsu stuff there come say hi in the comments and stuff i'll be really active over there i don't really pay attention to uh, my real instagram account i just kind of let that one just kind of live and i just use it to you know kept up keep up to date with friends and family and stuff but um yeah juni 10p it was created quite a few uh, like a few weeks ago but i think just talking about it now um I'm more motivated just to start on it when I get back. Uh, I plan on competing next year at least four times with my friend uh, Bowie uh, and Manny. And I think it's just, it's going to be really, really fun. I'm also, I think I weigh, before I came here up to visit my parents, I think I weighed 166. Uh, and I'm going to be trying to compete in the 145 divisions of next year. So, um i think i started eating healthier since i was with my since i've been with my parents for these two weeks and so i feel like that kind of detoxed my sugar addiction that i think i had when i was uh, down in socal so when i'm back uh, i'll probably just be eating uh you know kind of the same stuff that i'm eating here my parents are just like eggs rice and some sort of uh another protein um and yeah because I, I was getting in in a nasty habit of just eating really late all the time and i think that was messing with my not only my uh weight but like my sleep schedule too and so um now i'm gonna be prioritizing you know h- how and when i eat um and uh the journey from wherever wh- whatever current way i'm at to 145 should be a lot easier um let's see in really random news uh i don't like 8.5 skateboards uh i have pretty small feet uh and 8.5s are are, are just too heavy a kickflip in my opinion uh for me i think a lot of people swear by uh like 8.5s i think some people even go 875 now which is insane it just feels like a snowboard (laughs) um but yeah kick flipping at 8.5 is way harder than kick flipping at eight and i think i want to experiment with a 775 uh and what i'm talking about right now is like the uh, number of inches um that the skateboard uh width is and so the the i guess the general gist of it is uh the more narrow the board the easier it is to flip uh but there's like a little bit less stability you can't skate transition as well because you just have less surface area that your feet are on so you have less center gravity that you can take advantage of um but yeah i think i'll have i'll buy a new 775 um next time next time i come down because yeah i didn't have that good of a skate the skate sessions that i had on the 85 were just not as fun i think i'm starting to realize that i'm more of like a a trick skater than like uh I get what am I like I'm more of a flat ground type of person. I just like doing tricks. I'm not r I am not i do not think I like sending things. Um maybe I'll try grinds out later, uh, again. But yeah. I'm I'm really into just like learning and getting my tray flips down and, you know, keeping my kick flips because I worked so hard for those during uh during COVID. Um Orchids are doing well. I haven't watered them in like I think two weeks, but I think that's also okay because I heard they're supposed to get really dry during the winter and you're really supposed to only water them when the pseudobulb gets, uh, gets wrinkles. So I'll see how that played out. We'll see if I have to get new orchids again, if two weeks was just like a little bit too long. Um, anything else? I'm excited to stream again. I'll be streaming next week on Tuesday. Hopefully a lot of you can, uh, make it out. Um, something that I'm also going to propose at the next uh live stream is i think i might not be live streaming on a regular schedule i think what i'll start doing is i'll just start um streaming just basically ad hoc of whenever i want to stream whenever i'm in like the best mood to stream um because i think a lot of uh my uh not not freedom but a lot of my expression uh that i feel like it's genuine comes from episodes like especially like this podcast episode i feel like i really was able to get into my element because i didn't have like so much of a structure i just kind of talked about what was currently happening what my thoughts were on them and i felt like everything was kind of just coming out really well um and so i just kind of still want to start doing that on like the live stream um i also i you know i never did the whole like uh playing dark souls and every time i die i donate a dollar to a charity or something i still want to do that because i've never played dark souls but i kind of just don't want to play it by myself i kind of want like uh like there to be a purpose behind it that's just kind of like me with single player games in general um but more info on that later uh also gonna start preparing um uh i think details for like secret santa stuff for like the patrons uh the next merch item, I thought it was going to be a mug. I really thought it was going to be a mug, but I just don't like the logistics of the shipping and the care that has to be given into like the packaging of the cup so it doesn't break during transit and stuff. So I might just fall back to how if Patreon... Because I know Patreon does fulfillment for mugs. So I might just make the mugs... like like break even and just like let mugs just be for everybody um so and then just have the next merch item be something else um but yeah that's that's kind of where i was at i wanted a mug where like i can write something custom like on the bottom of the coffee cup right or not the coffee cup but like inside the cup so when you finish your coffee you get like a wholesome message or something and maybe they're like all random and you can like share it with other people or something i don't know uh maybe I end up making the cups for like uh, yeah maybe I like end up taking like ceramics class and uh, I end up making cups for people that have been a patron for more than a year or something and it's just like a handcrafted cup by me that's free I don't know that's, that's totally something that I would do and it's just totally an idea that just came right now and it sounds like an amazing idea because I've always wanted to take a ceramics class anyway um man some of the best ideas, it just come out out of the blue. That's, a, that's like 80% of the features on Thedagang.com, by the way. I'm just like on the website. I'm just like, man, why don't we have trending tickers? <laughs> and so I just like build it. And I'm like, yeah, this makes the website feel way more alive. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Hope everyone has an amazing week. And this was a little bit longer of an outro. But again, in a good mood. I hope you're in a good mood. And I'll see everybody next week. Bye-bye.